2: Everything you need to fight the Trump administration, this is The Bill Press Show. Live at YouTube.com
3: slash The Bill Press Show. Hi there. Happy Friday. Thank you for joining the show. Uh, It is The Bill Press Show, everybody. My name is Peter Ogburn sitting in for Bill Press today. Um, Geez, I uh, don't know how to put this to you. Uh, The moment that we were about to start today's program... We got a little bit of breaking news. Roger Stone was arrested this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. I, I Look, we had a whole show planned around talking about the shutdown. There were a couple of votes yesterday. There were some great fiery moments from the floor of the Senate. Uh, There were some incredibly out-of-touch comments from Wilbur Ross, uh, which is the latest in a string of insensitive comments from the Trump administration about the shutdown. Um, We had some 2020 news to talk about, and you know what?
4: It all pales in comparison. It's old news! Old, old news.
3: It's old news, because Roger Stone got arrested this morning. Uh, we're going to, we're going to dig way, way into it. Okay. I promise. We're just going to, you're going to just be patient. We're going to get there just a couple of moments. Uh, uh, I want to talk about a couple of other things first. want to wait for all of our audience to join us before we really get into the meat of the Roger Stone stuff. Ray, uh, you know, I, 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 I get constantly reminded all the time. To- Ray Rogers running the board. Good morning, Ray.
4: Good morning, good morning.
3: Uh, I get constantly reminded of the hellscape that we live in. Like, yesterday I was pulling audio, <clears throat> and there was, shock, another gun, uh, some more gun violence in Florida, and the governor of Florida had to talk about it. It's a guy by the name of Ron DeSantis. And I just forgot that Ron DeSantis had won and was now governor of Florida.
4: I know. It's almost like my heart was still yearning for you to say, and the governor...
3: Not Andrew Gillum. Not, yeah. Yeah. But it's Ron DeSantis. Uh, and, and I thought and I thought to myself, like, oh God, there's just never end to this hellscape that we live in. Well, uh, because Ron DeSantis is the new governor of Florida, he gets to appoint a new uh, uh sort of cabinet, people around him to help him. And he <laughs> he put this man in charge of the Secretary of State, uh, Mike Ertle. Mike Ertle. You hear about Mike Ertle? Mike Ertl, uh, grand opening, grand closing. He was just appointed as Secretary of State. He resigned yesterday because he went to a Halloween party 14 years ago. Any guesses where this is going to go, everybody? Anybody want to guess? If you guessed, he put on blackface. You guessed correctly. He put on blackface to go to a Halloween party, and as if that wasn't bad enough, the reason he put on blackface is because he dressed as a victim of Hurricane Katrina. The Secretary of State of Florida went to a Halloween party 14 years ago, put on blackface, and dressed as a victim of Hurricane Katrina. 14 years ago! Hmm, let's see, Halloween, that's October. Uh, 14 years ago, uh, Katrina happened in September! 14 years ago, so they hadn't even finished gathering the bodies out of the streets of the city of New Orleans, and the Secretary of State of Florida put on blackface to go to a Halloween party. He resigned yesterday.
4: I would also just like to say that I was in New Orleans uh, three years ago. It was my first time there, and... We were saying in the Garden District, and there are still homes that were boarded up from Katrina. People are still feeling the effects of this. There's
3: a there. There's a thing in New Orleans. Is my favorite city, American. I go as often as I can. I was just down there, and and, and it's it still. By the way, still. Th- this was in November. I was down there. They have these weird hieroglyphs on some of the houses because they had a whole code of where people would paint stuff on their house so that people would know there's like one dead in the attic. We're missing two pets. We got out okay. And this guy, just a month later, was putting on blackface and acting like a Katrina victim. Uh, Sayonara! See you later, Mike Erdl!
2: On your radio, on TV, and online, this is The Bill Press Show.
3: Morning, everybody! It is The Bill Press Show. My name is Peter Ogburn, sitting in for Bill Press today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in on a Friday. Uh, I I talked, we got to get into it. There's some big breaking news this morning. Uh, We had to throw our entire show just about out the window because Roger Stone got arrested this morning. Roger Stone got arrested by the FBI this morning. Ray, can you pick it up? Can you pick up my dancing feet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming out nice and clear. I'm dancing in the studio. I'm so excited. I'm so happy that Roger Stone has gone to jail. This scumbag. Okay, oh. I am
4: late to the party, but we were talking about this off air. I just learned that Roger Stone has an interesting large tattoo on his back.
3: Yes. He has a giant tattoo of Richard Nixon on his back. He was he was one of the people who served for Richard Nixon, worked with Richard Nixon. That's
4: how he got to start.
3: And never, ever, 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 ever broke loyalty with Richard Nixon, even after it turned out that Richard Nixon was not just a terrible president. I mean, put that aside, and just a, a vindictive, nasty president. Uh, on the level of- Mentally I s-
4: unstable. Mentally
3: unstable, on I- I'm, I'm the same level as Donald Trump. You know, I mean, if Richard Nixon was president today, It would be worse than Donald Trump, frankly, uh, with with the way that he acts and the vindictive nature and all of that. But uh, Roger Stone, uh, guilty of a lot of different crimes against this country over the course of his career. But also now, according to Robert Mueller, uh, Roger Stone was arrested facing seven counts, including obstruction, making false statements. And witness tampering. So um, let's just jump right into this a little bit, if we can. Because I we, we have the full affidavit here. It was released early, early this morning. Uh, here's the introduction. And this is what this is about. Because, I, look, I would like there to be a, a very clear smoking gun on the collusion story that Trump colluded with Russia. And we're getting there. We're getting a lot closer to that. Uh, this is not exactly that, but it is in the same universe. And let me just explain. Uh, according to the indictment, the introduction says, By in or around May 2016, the Democratic National Committee and the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee became aware that their computer systems had been compromised by unauthorized intrusions and hired a security company, which would be referred to as Company One, To identify the extent of the intrusion. So, the DNC realized they had been hacked. They knew that they had been hacked. They hired a private security company to take a look and figure out just how bad it was. Okay, the indictment goes on. On or about June 14th, 2016, the DNC, through Company One, this is the uh, security company, publicly announced that it had been hacked by Russian government actors. Okay, that's June 14th. From in or around this is again from the indictment. From in or around July 2016 through and around November 2016, an organization which is going to be called Organization One, which had previously posted documents stolen from uh, by others from U.S. persons. Let me just stop really quickly. That's WikiLeaks. Okay, it just just to make sure everybody's following along. Uh, from around uh, July 2016 to November 2016, WikiLeaks had provided uh, stolen. Documents by U.S. persons, entities, and and the U.S. government released tens of thousands of documents stolen by the DNC and the personal email account of the chairman of the U.S. presidential campaign of Hillary Clinton. That was John Podesta. Uh, So basically, they acknowledged that the Russian government hacked the DNC. They acknowledged that they then took the documents, gave them to WikiLeaks. They acknowledged that WikiLeaks published all of this data. Now, how would the Russians know... To hack the DNC, give it to WikiLeaks, and put it out there. Well, because Roger Stone told them to. Because Roger Stone was the person who was coordinating all of this. He is history's greatest political... Trickster feels like too generous of a word. But he is known for a lifetime of political dirty tricks. This is what Roger Stone does. So, this is very much... Uh, on brand for him by coordinating with a foreign government to release this data through WikiLeaks. So uh, this indictment doesn't specifically say that Donald Trump uh, colluded with the Russians, but it's making it very clear that they were absolutely acting on the Russians' behalf to make Donald Trump more electable.
4: Yes, and let's also... Put this flag here. Um, just before the DNC hack happened, Trump very publicly, there's lots of audio about it, um, said, if you're listening, Russia yeah. oh, hack yeah. her email. Oh yeah, so yeah, totally there even if Mueller hasn't made it public yet, there are very clear connections yeah between Stone, Russia, and Trump.
3: Yeah. Uh, A couple other little highlights from this indictment. Mueller says that during the summer of 2016, Stone was contacted by senior Trump campaign officials to inquire about future stolen email releases by the DNC, or excuse me, by WikiLeaks. Mueller accuses Stone of lying to the White House Intel Committee about his contacts with WikiLeaks. It says right here in the indictment, quote, Stone made multiple false statements to uh, the House committee the Intel Committee, about his interactions regarding Organization 1 and falsely denied possessing records that contained evidence of these interactions. Now, here's where the O.S. moment should come if you are Donald Trump or you work with Donald Trump or you're related to Donald Trump or you have had any contact with Donald Trump. This is directly from the indictment. Quote, on or about October 1st, 2016, which was a Saturday, person two sent Stone text messages that stated, quote, big news on Wednesday, now pretend you don't know me. Hillary's campaign will die this week, end quote. The operative term in that Stone sent text messages. So the FBI has text messages. They have Donald Trump's text messages. They have Roger Stone's text messages. They have uh, Paul Manafort's text messages. I mean, they've got they got everything they need. They've got everything they need. And these numbnuts are so dumb that they're putting it all in writing. Like, remember, the, the great—this whole Trump Tower meeting that is now sort of— uh, Uh, up in the air about what was talked about. I mean, Donald Trump Jr., the idiot son of Donald Trump, released the emails spelling out his crimes. He wrote the emails, and then when the story came out that the emails existed, he confirmed it by releasing the emails. These are the dumbest criminals in America. Roger Stone... Uh, is going to jail, uh, which is pretty great, if you ask me. Uh, I think Roger Stone is a giant stain on uh, America, and I hope he dies penniless in jail. Nothing would make me happier. Nothing would make me happier. So uh, we will see what happens. This is not the end of this story, that's for sure. Um, it, It certainly... Is you can see the net starting to close in around Trump, and you can see the arguments starting to be made about collusion and about Russian interference, and you can see just how deep those roots ran because it wasn't just some rogue staffer who thought, Hey, maybe I can, you know, win some points with my boss by getting this dirt. It was Roger Stone, it was Paul Manafort. It was Donald Trump Jr. It was all the people in the very, 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 very close. Flint Michael Flint In the very close orbit of Donald Trump. By the way, you know what's great uh, is, again, this this just broke this morning. uh, Because yesterday on CNN, uh, on their website at 5.30 p.m., the headline is, As Roger Stone waits for Mueller's indictment, he's going back out for pizza on Fridays. No, you're not, son. Not today. You're going to be in jail. And I don't think they have pizza night on
5: Fridays in jail.
4: One of my favorite parts of the reporting about Stone, um, also on CNN, they said that the FBI went to his house, knocked on the door and said, it's the FBI, Roger Stone, open up. And then the report ends, CNN, Roger Stone opened the door. Period.
3: Wow. That's a hell of an alarm clock. I think everybody should go out and have pizza today because Roger Stone can't have any. Cheers to that. Right? It's Pizza Friday. We're all going to eat pizza and, and everybody uh, uh, tweet about it and send it to Roger Stone. Oh, this pizza is so good. Don't you wish you had some? What are they having in jail tonight, Roger? Anyway, we're going to talk more about Roger Stone. Uh Later on in the program, that is for sure. Okay, so the shutdown does continue. There were two votes yesterday, two sort of dueling bills, as uh, Bill likes to call them, uh, the dueling bills. Uh, One from uh, the Republicans, which is basically voting on everything that Donald Trump asked for. One was from Chuck Schumer and the Democrats saying, open up the government and then let's move forward uh, and figure out a way to solve this funding issue. So the shutdown, both of those failed, by the way. They, they both failed, as we expected them to. The interesting thing is you did start to see some Republicans break ranks and starting to put their money where their mouth is uh, because, look, Cory Gardner, Susan Collins, they could talk about the problems that they have with the shutdown and all that, but until they actually vote, it doesn't do them a, a lick of good. Well, they voted, and they voted They voted against Donald Trump's plan, which is great. I think that's a great first step, okay? Uh, however, the most interesting part of this is uh, the debate about uh, the shutdown. Ted Cruz talked about it yesterday, and he says what this is all about. And, God, I, you know, we haven't listened to a lot of Ted Cruz audio recently, uh, this is about Ted Cruz or Ted Cruz talking about how Democrats are doing all this just because they don't like
6: Donald Trump. They really, really, really don't like this man. True. Their yelling and screaming and bellowing has made that abundantly clear. But just because you hate somebody doesn't mean you should shut the government down. Okay. More on that in a
3: second and, and how stupid that comment was. But uh, Michael Bennett, Senator Michael Bennett, uh, if you ask... A hundred people in D.C. You showed him a picture of Michael Bennett and said, "Do you know who this man is?" Not a lot of people know who Michael Bennett is. I, I, I wouldn't have recognized him on the street if I had seen him. I don't, I, you know, my, Mike Michael Bennett is a senator from Colorado, and mild mannered guy doesn't make a lot of waves, doesn't do a lot of TV. Not one of these flamethrowers that Democrats have uh, are uh, put out there all the time. He lost it yesterday on specifically Ted Cruz. And boy, this
5: just... Sing it, Michael Bennett. Let's hear it. How ludicrous it is that this government is shut down over a promise the president of the United States couldn't keep. When, you sh- when the senator from Texas shut this government down in 2013, my state was flooded. It was underwater. People were killed. People's houses were destroyed. Their small businesses were ruined forever. And because of the senator from Texas, this government was shut down for politics. Then in Colorado, if a president said he was going to use eminent domain to erect a barrier across the state of Colorado, across the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, he was going to steal the property of our farmers and ranchers to build his medieval wall, there wouldn't be an elected leader from our state that would support that idea. This idea that Democrats are for open borders is gibberish.
3: So that's a little montage of everything that Michael Bennett had to say uh, yesterday. I, I encourage you to find the whole speech, by the way, uh, because it's, it's longer than that, and, and he really lost his mind. I mean, he really let Ted Cruz have it. He just absolutely destroyed him. And that is what politics has done to fairly mild-mannered politicians these days, is they get them that angry. And you know what? Good. It, the time for normalcy and normal politics and congenial back and forth and concessions and things, they're gone, folks. They are out the door as far as i'm concerned and so uh michael bennett absolutely gave ted told ted cruz what time it was yesterday by the way he he talked a lot about ted cruz and the shutdown of 2013 does everybody remember what that was about because this was this is a and, and, and by the way i I'm, I'm admitting we had so many shutdowns around that period of time i forgot what that one was about and i so i had to go look it up But this is something that absolutely should have been a central part of Beto O'Rourke's campaign when he was running against Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz shut the government down because he was trying to force Barack Obama to strip the funding from Obamacare. What a difference five years makes. Democrats won the midterm elections of 2018 on Obamacare on the Affordable Care Act. That is the one single biggest issue that, that was a factor in the 2018 midterms. And Ted Cruz led the fight to shut down the government in 2013 over health care, demanding that Obama strip the funding from Obamacare.
4: And it wasn't just a like a small issue for Democrats. It was a slam dunk issue.
3: Oh, my God.
4: This was something that... People were really rallying behind. This was when, um, if you remember two years ago, people were showing up to town halls in droves. They were demanding answers from their elected officials and politicians were canceling their town halls because they didn't know. How to respond to their angry constituents who wanted the Affordable Care Act?
3: And, and you know what? And I don't know. I might get a little grief for saying this uh, because Barack Obama is a wonderful man, and we miss the uh, at least that that grace that was in the White House during his eight years, right? But Barack Obama didn't fight hard enough for the things that that uh, he believed in. He just didn't, and he didn't—and the Democratic Party as a whole are guilty of this as well. In 2013, it would not have been an easy sell to go out there and fight like hell for Obamacare and say, you don't have health care right now. When this goes through, you will have health care, and they— Watered it down, it got wishy-washy about it and all of that, and that led to a government shutdown led by, almost single-handedly by, uh, Ted Cruz from Texas. So good for Michael Bennett for absolutely letting Ted Cruz have it yesterday on the floor of the Senate because uh, Ted Cruz shut down the government for politics back then, Donald Trump shutting down the government for politics right now. And, uh, you know, you hear all of this, oh, you know, they could end this shutdown right now, or the the Democrats could end this right away. Let's not forget, it was December 11th, 2018, about a month and a half ago, in the White House, that Donald Trump said,
6: Shut it down. I'm not going to blame you for it.
3: Yeah, I'll shut it down. I'll be happy to shut it down.
6: And I am proud, and I'll tell you what, I am proud to shut down the government for border security, Chuck, because the people of this country don't want criminals and people that have lots of problems and drugs pouring into our country. So I will take the mantle. I will be the one to shut it down. I'm not going to blame you for it.
4: I am not going to blame you for it.
6: He
3: is blaming us for it. I know. Democrats. He is blaming the Democrats for it. Um... So, uh, we know who wanted the shutdown, and part of this is, you know, our memories are just so short. Like, this Ted Cruz thing from 2013, I mean, again, in a midterm in 2018 that was all about healthcare, it would have been nice for Ted Cruz's opponent To ram that into the face of every single voter in Texas, he tried to, he wanted to take away your health care so much that he shut down the federal government over it. That, that should have been, well, we're not going to fight old battles anymore. The other unbelievable story about the shutdown is Wilbur Ross. And Wilbur Ross... I know Donald Trump's cabinet is full of a lot of terrible characters and villains and all of that, but Wilbur Ross is, for me, he might be my favorite cabinet member. He might be my favorite cabinet member because he is absolutely living in another universe. Like he has no idea what he's doing. He is half asleep all the time, full on asleep you know, uh, half the time. He is just Mr. Magoo. And this is the Secretary of Commerce. Like, he doesn't necessarily have a ton of, you know, scandals. It's not like he's bilking the government for a ton of money like other grifters in the Trump administration have done. He's got a lot of money. He lives in a completely different universe. Don't believe me? Listen to what he said about the shutdown. Again, remember, eight. 100,000 federal employees. Today is the day that they were supposed to get their, sec- their their paycheck. This is now the second paycheck that they have missed. This is now the second paycheck that they have missed. And Wilbur Ross says,
6: again, 800,000 federal employees. Wilbur Ross says. You're talking about 800,000 workers. And, well, I feel sorry for the individuals that have hardship cases you're talking about a third of a percent on our GDP so it's not like it's a gigantic number
3: you've got a month without pay big deal you can't pay for your medications big whoop can't take your kids to their doctor's appointments oh well
4: can't pay Got, for your electric bill. Can't pay
3: for your electric bill. Got to go to a food bank to get dinner for your family. Oh, it, it's just a small fraction of people that have to do this, right? A, why are we getting so upset about it? And then this was on uh, CNBC. And then he, this is how he responds to a question about some of the hardships that these workers are facing. There are some federal
2: workers who are going to homeless shelters to get food.
6: Well, I know they are, and I don't really quite understand why. The 30 days of pay that some people will be out, there's no real reason why they shouldn't be able to get a loan against it.
3: I want you to play that clip in its entirety one more time, please. I want everybody to listen to how out of touch, how insensitive... And remember, we're hearing stories, I think the most heartbreaking story was the woman who couldn't afford her medication, uh, For she's diabetic, couldn't afford her medication. Her uh, insulin. Her, her insulin. Her insulin. Uh, went to bed without taking it because she couldn't afford it. Didn't tell her husband that she was out of her medication because she didn't want him to worry. And went to sleep not knowing if she was going to wake up the next morning just sort of hoping that she would be okay. All right? This is what we're dealing with, and this is how Wilbur Ross responds. There are some federal workers who
2: are going to homeless shelters to get food.
6: Well, I know they are, and I don't really quite understand why. The 30 days of pay that some people will be out, there's no real reason why they shouldn't be able to get a loan against it.
3: Go get a loan against it so that you can go get groceries. Unbelievable. Like, unbelievable to me that this guy would say this. Uh, Remember, this is Donald Trump's Secretary of Commerce who's supposed to understand how the economy works.
4: It's insanely out of touch. Here in D.C. alone, the D.C. government has had to scramble to piece together this fund of money that federal workers can apply to get to pay their mortgage right now and it has no interest on it but that's in dc alone this is in his literal backyard this is what's happening
3: no 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 no. this isn't his backyard he does not live in this universe he is from another plane He comes from somewhere else where money problem, this-
4: He can reduce this to a number. He can view this so abstractly that he can say that it is this minuscule number of the whole, and it doesn't matter.
3: This guy, Wilbur Ross, hasn't had to worry about money in, um, you know, how old is he? What, 2,000 years old? He hasn't had to worry about it in a very, 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 very long time. And look, the situation out there for a lot of Americans, I would, I mean the the vast majority of Americans, there are studies that, that we've talked about these studies for years now about how many people live paycheck to paycheck. How many people have no savings account? None. How many people? have just enough money in their bank account to sort of keep them going for like two weeks. That's not uncommon. It is something that is uh, that Americans are dealing with everywhere around the country. And by the way, on a lot of different economic scales, this isn't just a poor people problem. This isn't just a poverty issue. This is this is this is just a problem in America. This is how tenuous it is, and they just expect everybody to have thirty-five days worth of expenses in their rainy day fund.
4: And they expect for somebody who is supposed to care and understand and know all about the business sector of American. He's
3: life, the Secretary of Commerce.
4: He doesn't understand how thirty-five days of stalled in action is tanking businesses right now. Right. Farmers are unable to ship their products anywhere because they can't get the government
3: sign off. Go find some duct tape. Yeah. Go find some duct it's tape. It's that time it's that time. Go find some duct tape. I'm going to wrap my head in duct tape to keep it from exploding because I'm going to go nuts with this Wilbur Ross guy. This is crazy that this is the guy in charge of the of the he's the secretary of commerce the head of the Commerce Department, and he does not understand how terrible it is out there. Well, he's really just taking his lead from Donald Trump, who actually defended Wilbur Ross yesterday when he was asked about this at the White House.
6: I know banks are working along. If uh, you have mortgages, the mortgagees, the uh, the folks collecting the interest and all of those things, they work along. And that's what happens in time like this. They know the people. They've been dealing with them for years, and they work along. The grocery store. This is not 1950.
3: This is not going down to, oh, gosh, Mr. Potter, I I don't have enough money to make my mortgage payment this month. And, uh, oh, gosh, if you could just float me until the government gets reopened, then I I, I promise I'm good for it. I promise. That's not how it works. These cutthroat, bloodthirsty banks are out to eat you alive. They're not going to work with you on this. Are you crazy? Donald Trump, of all people, one of the most cutthroat sharks in real estate. Imagine going to Donald Trump, who owns a lot of property, and you're a federal employee. And you go to Donald Trump, and you go, oh, hey, uh, landlord Trump uh, or mortgage holder Trump. Um. Yeah, the government shut down, and, you know, gosh, we we live paycheck to paycheck, and we just don't have the money this month. Oh, that's fine. I can imagine Donald Trump. Oh, that's fine. Hey, don't worry about it. Let's just get through get through right now. I'll float you. I know you're good for it. It's not going to happen, folks. It's not going to happen. This is crazy. They live in a completely different universe. Completely different universe. Uh. Anyway, we're going to talk more about the shutdown. Hey, did I mention that Roger Stone got arrested this morning? Is that... Everybody gets mad at me when I host the show because I'm too negative and I don't smile and I'm not and I'm too like too too angry. I'm in a great mood. Roger Stone is going to jail. We gotta die in this morning. Uh, stay tuned everybody. We're gonna take a very, very quick break. We're gonna talk more about the shutdown. Uh, with Ariel Edwards-Levy from HuffPost, who is joining us right after a very, very quick break. Stay
2: tuned. Live video, Bill's commentary, the best clips from the show, all in one place. YouTube.com slash The Bill Press
3: Show. It is The Bill Press Show. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. My name is Peter Ogburn, sitting in for Bill Press today. Uh, you heard the clip there. Uh, go check out our podcast. Just go look for The Bill Press Show or Bill Press and Friends in iTunes. Uh, we are up there, uh, and look—if you missed a show, that's fine. Just go back and find it. We, we got them all up there. They're all up there. Uh, although today is a great example of how quickly the, moves, the news moves, uh, because uh, Roger Stone was arrested this morning. I'm going to keep saying it because it just brings such a smile to my face. Uh, they were showing—they have actually footage of the arrest this morning. And CNN was showing some of it of the FBI agents walking up to his house when it's still dark outside. And I didn't see, I was looking for it. I couldn't see him being walked away from his home in handcuffs. But if that's out there, my day is made. My day is made. Uh, Okay, but the shutdown is still going on. This is day 35 of the shutdown. And as I just mentioned in the previous segment, uh, this will be the second paycheck that federal employees will Miss today was the day that they were supposed to get it, so uh, let's talk about the shutdown with politics reporter and polling editor at Huff uh, Post. Huff Post, Ariel Edwards Levy. Ariel, how are you doing?
0: I am good. Thank you for having me.
3: Thank you for joining us. You can follow her on Twitter at a Edwards Levy. Uh, very good Twitter account. Thank for you. the record, very funny Twitter account. And you talk about polls and stuff, but. It, but I it's talk also, about
0: polls and then I make dumb jokes so that people keep reading about the polls. It's exactly. Here for it. I'm,
3: I'm very much here for it. Uh, well, you had a, a really interesting story that caught my eye earlier this week uh, about all the ways that the shutdown is affecting people around the country. Because, you know, it, I think that we as a country sort of got used to the shutdown mentality. We saw a bunch of them under Barack Obama. We had a like a less than a one day shutdown under under Donald Trump uh, earlier in his presidency, but now we are we are at a point where we are in the longest shutdown ever by a significant amount, and there really doesn't seem to be much end in sight. I mean, they're they're starting to cobble together some ideas, but uh, nothing that that signals to me, okay, this is almost over at all. So, how do we feel about this shutdown as a country? um are we freaking out about this yet
0: i mean i think we are sort of starting to get there and what you've seen in this shutdown that you didn't see in the very brief one you alluded to or even a couple of the ones before is that it's dragged on so long that concerns have really gotten a chance to rise you know when this started over christmas people had other things to pay attention to yep. now people are starting to tune in and when you sort of look at the ripple effects of something like this you know Even if people aren't personally furloughed, they might know somebody who is who they're financially supporting. If they're working in the service industry in a place with a lot of government contractors, they're not getting that business. People need data and permits that they're not getting. And, you know, I think there's sort of an awareness that this is something that is going to be low key and affecting everybody and very majorly affecting some people. Well,
3: you know, again... uh... The media, I think, is still not totally sure how to cover Donald Trump because I remember leading up to the possible shutdown, it was like, "Hey, a shutdown might happen, but it's not a big deal. You know, we've been through this before. It's it's gonna be over before you know it, and whatever." And and I think it sort of lulled a lot of people into this false sense of security that, okay, this might have this might be a thing over Christmas, and like that's gonna suck, but like they'll have it figured out. Like they'll they'll, they'll figure this out. Um and I think the media was was pretty bad I I I know I personally read at least four or five different pieces that basically said like yeah, it won't be a big deal. Yeah. It won't be a big deal. And and now it's it's becoming a very very big deal. So, you know, it's not just that the national parks are closed and your state parks are closed, it's now things like you have the um air traffic controllers speaking out and being like, it's just a matter of time before we have a disaster.
0: Yeah. Which seems bad from what I can understand. I think that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's bad. And I mean, the thing is this, you have on both sides, people are so locked into their positions on this. You know, it's not like so far the shutdown is going to change many people's minds. And one of the things I found interesting is that, you know, in our polling, we've asked people, how is this affecting you? And also who do you hold responsible? What do you think should be done? And there's a number of people who have said, I've had a direct financial impact for this. I can't wait for the Democrats to cave so Trump can get his wall, you know, but I mean, overall, nationally, this is not a winning position for uh, Donald Trump. You know, the majority of the country does not think that it's a good idea to shut down the country for this.
3: So a couple of numbers uh, from your piece at HuffPost, Uh, a 53% Majority of the American public now calls the partial government shutdown, quote, very serious. So we now have a majority of Americans see this as very serious, uh, with 77, and this is a poll that you did with YouGov, Mm -hmm. uh, 77% believing it's at least somewhat serious. Um, I'm in the category of very serious. I think we have a very serious problem right now. You know, Bill has been strongly in the camp of TSA workers should just walk off, all of them. All of them should walk off uh, because that'll just say, you know, like, look, this is what the government workers do.
0: I do think that, you know, if some, if the situation with flying and with um, TSA workers and with air traffic controllers becomes more serious, it's hard to think of something that could more directly affect a lot of people and sort yeah. of really drive public opinion than people having trouble flying. Because, you know, if you think about it, for a lot of people, that's one of the main ways you interact with the government. Yeah, and, totally, you know, totally. You know, so if that stops working, suddenly you're going to notice, even if you're not a person who thinks of yourself as someone who relies on the government very much, you know, that's going to be a real tangible, nobody likes waiting in line for hours. Yeah.
3: I mean, look, we we all live in Washington, D.C. We all know people who work in the federal government. We all know people who have been, uh, you know, uh, furloughed and, and haven't. Uh, today is the day that they're not getting their second paycheck. But if, uh, you know, I think if people in, you know, uh, Little Rock, Arkansas or, you know, uh, uh, Iowa or in South Carolina or places where, they're you know, it, they might not know sp- specifically a federal employee until you try to fly or until you try and go to your park. Uh, and like that, that's where they're going to feel it for sure. So uh, what does... What is it that's going to break the shutdown? What is it that, that people are l- sort of looking for, for this to end?
7: That's a good question. Let <laughs>
3: me put it yeah. this way. All of these people, the furloughed workers, are furloughed because of Donald Trump wanting a wall. Yes. Is the wall popular enough to warrant this government shutdown?
0: You know, with the country as a whole, absolutely not. And, you yeah. know, there's been a lot of polling that's finally started to come out on this. It's all very, very consistent. Um You know, the wall was not popular to begin with. His supporters have sort of rallied around it a little bit, but his supporters are not the majority of the country. Most people do not think it is worth shutting down the government over this, you know, even if they might have sort of supported it in general. This is not a popular position. You know, I mean, he is playing to a very certain segment of his base, which does indeed like the idea of a wall. But I don't know if that's a winning position to back yourself into. Uh,
3: We played this clip earlier from December 11th of 2018 in the Oval Office when Donald Trump was talking to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer in one of the more bizarre uh, uh, scrums or whatever you want to call them Encounters that we've seen here in Washington, D.C., even in the Trump administration. Donald Trump said, crystal clear, crystal clear.
6: We I am disagree. proud and I'll we tell disagree. you what, I am proud to shut down the government for border security, Chuck, because the people of this country don't want criminals and people that have lots of problems and drugs pouring into our country. So I will take the mantle. I will be the one to shut it down. I'm not going to blame you for it. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's pretty plain to me.
3: Uh, however, How many people actually hold Trump accountable, hold him responsible for the government shutdown?
0: You know, most do. And I mean, this is one of those questions where and sort of go off the deep end of survey um, wording here. But it really depends how you ask, Mm. because um, there are polls you can ask who's responsible, who's most responsible. Those are different questions. In our polling, we've been asking, who do you think is even partially to blame? And I think, you know, for the last couple of weeks, we've had about 57 percent saying Trump is responsible the first week we
3: tried- 57%. Yeah. It was a little low.
0: Mm, yeah, I mean- you know, It was a little low. It's funny. The first um, week that we ran this, I tried doing a little experiment where half of the people, we told them that he had said that quote, that he had said he took responsibility- It did not change very much, which to me either indicates that it was sort of already baked in, that people knew he'd said that, but that it wasn't going to change much, you know. But if you look at all the polling that says who's most to blame, again, Donald Trump is absolutely taking that mantle. He wanted to own a shutdown. Congratulations. He owns a shutdown.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating, uh, honestly. Um, Well, look, we'll we'll see what happens with the shutdown. Uh, Again, they they have started to cobble together some sort of a plan. Ray, can we play that Lindsey Graham clip really quickly? Uh, Because this is just one of the ideas, because there were two sort of competing bills yesterday in the Senate that both failed. Uh, This is one of the ideas that's starting to emerge. We're talking about a three-week CR, and all of
4: us believe if we had three weeks with the government open... With all the discord coming from a shutdown that we could find a way forward to produce a bill that he would
3: sign that would be good for everybody in the country. But we need that opportunity. I'm not convinced that that would actually push them to get something done, but it's something. It's something. I mean, at least it gets the government reopened for three weeks. Let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. Uh, okay, uh, Ariel, I want to ask you about another story uh, that you had, which I, this mm-hmm. is this is something that I find really, really, really fascinating. And it's about the popularity of Donald Trump within the Republican Party. Uh, because, you know, we, we talk a lot about 2020 all the time. We talk about the Democratic candidates. And then we inevitably talk about, will Donald Trump face a Republican challenger? And mm-hmm. the answer is, absolutely not. Absolutely not, because the Republican Party loves Donald Trump. He is the most popular Republican president uh, that the party has seen, and they don't like seeing him criticized, right?
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, I've learned my lesson from past elections about making predictions. Polls are a snapshot, not a prediction. They tell you what's happening right now. But what is happening right now is that um, the Republican rank and file of America... They have become a party that is very strongly behind Donald Trump. And it's not unanimous. It's not something that's universal on every single issue. And if there is a huge sort of elite Republican movement away from him, maybe they follow. But right now, you know, we did a poll where we asked people, um, do you think it's good for the party if Republican leaders in Congress criticize Donald Trump? And most of them said no. And if you look at the pool of Trump voters unsurprisingly that gets even wider of a margin.
3: Yeah. It's, you know, it, it was really interesting yesterday on one of the um uh the the Donald Trump bill in the Senate basically, the one that Mitch McConnell sort of took from Donald Trump's mouth and put it into a bill. Um that one fell short, 52 to 44. The uh um interesting thing is there was a democratic plan to just reopen the government and six republicans voted for that uh lamar alexander uh susan collins cory gardner johnny isaacson lisa murkowski and mittens <laughs> mitt romney he's back i still have these weird moments where like i know that mitt romney is the senator from utah but I, i'll read senator from utah mitt romney and i'm like oh whoa
0: it feels a little bit like seeing your teacher outside of school yeah. for the first time. Like, just like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Oh, God. No, this is not right. <laughs> Something's wrong.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's totally that. I still, I'm, it's like, oh, God, that's right. I forgot. Like, I yeah. I, for, I totally forgot that Charlie yeah. Crist is a congressman. Yeah. Now, like, former governor of Florida. I think I had
0: forgotten. That. Yeah, he's
3: a governor. Charlie Crist is a governor. And, 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 like, I saw Charlie Crist, it was like, governor, or a uh, uh, Congressman Charlie Crist from Florida. It's like. Oh, crap. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot. I totally forgot this yeah. weird hellscape <laughs> that we live in. So, a- anyway, uh, you've seen some Republicans start yeah. to break a little bit from Trump over the shutdown. I don't know that this necessarily gets to an actual criticism yeah. of Donald Trump, but they are breaking with him.
0: I will say the very funny thing is um, we um, did that survey right after Mitt Romney had publicly criticized Trump and, you know, sort of an op-ed. You know, we don't think that he's, you know, fit and Trump... Yeah fired back with a tweet, as he has occasionally wanted to do. Um, at that point, we found that Trump voters disliked Mitt Romney more than Hillary Clinton voters did, <laughs> which, considering that he was the Republican 2012 nominee, is surprising. And, you know, I mean, everyone has their own electoral calculus. This is not going to hurt Mitt Romney in Utah. Utah voters want him to stand up to the president. He's going to be fine. But nationally... That's
3: fascinating.
0: It was amazing.
3: It, I think it says a lot about Republicans, but I also think it says a lot about Democrats. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, it's it really is just like, Democrats just want to feel normal again. They just want everything to be normal. They want everything to be fine. They don't like the conflict. And like, they, there are Democrats who li- they look at Mitt Romney as like a savior, as yeah. like a member of the resistance.
0: I mean, if you think the Mitt Romney one is funny, the other one that I found really sort of entertaining to watch is Democrats sort of coming around on George W. Bush, which is, you know, I was not that old in the Bush era, but I was old enough to remember that they really disliked him at that point. Awful!
3: <laughs> I And I said this before... And started a a, a whole fight. Uh, George W. Bush, if you don't... Donald Trump is obviously very bad at being president, right? But George W. Bush is so much worse than Donald Trump could ever imagine to be. George George W. Bush is responsible for the deaths
0: of a million people.
3: Oh gosh, I really missed that civility in the White House.
0: Yeah, and you know it's you know every well, most presidents sort of in retrospect their approval ratings go up. People like them better when they're not in their sure. face at the time. But Understood. Bush, I think Trump had something to do with it. The Democrats turn around and go, okay, well he didn't tweet. He paints pictures of animals. You know that's the kind of Republican that we can retroactively get behind. Sure, which is, you know what probably says something a little. Um, unpleasant about our political discourse. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's it's not great. It's not great. So, you know, when it comes to criticizing Trump, the thing that I'm wondering if, like, I think of Mark Sanford, uh, who criticized Trump very publicly, uh, and he got primaried uh, by Katie Arrington, and she beat him in the Republican primary. Now, it should be noted that she lost Uh, That seat. It was a Republican-held seat. No matter what you think of Mark Sanford, he was a Republican. uh, They lost that seat to Joe Cunningham. But I'm wondering now, with Donald Trump's approval rating, do you see some of the base starting to peel off a little bit, or do we? How how, it always depends. How is that staying power? It always
0: sort of depends on what you mean by base. You know, and I mean his approval rating. The two, I th- always think of this- I mean, so I'm
3: mostly talking about racists.
0: <laughs> I mean- Sorry. No, sorry. I mean-
3: sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt.
0: <laughs> no. I mean, the thing about his approval rating is that you have to keep in mind at the same time, one, he's unpopular. Sure. He's always been unpopular. Two, his approval ratings are incredibly, incredibly stable. Three, right now, the shutdown is sort of dragging them to the bottom of this, like, very narrow range that he's in. Yeah. yeah and yeah. if you look at who is the who are the people who move him around that range, it's, you know, Democrats are always going to hate him no matter what. It's sort of an unprecedented lack of support among Democrats. So you have some independents and you have sort of Republican leaning people who are not strong members of the party, who are not strongly committed to him. They are n- they were never like the true believers. But they like seeing sort of a typical Republican president. The things that they don't like are seeing policy failures, like you know the health care bill not working out, or like the shutdown. Now they don't especially like it when Trump has a temper tantrum.
3: Yeah, they want to see a normal Republican president, like the one that would kill a million people.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah the good old days.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, it's completely insane. What? What? What?
0: I you know. It, it,
3: Following polls of the American public has got to be so frustrating because it, it it's a short term memory thing. It's a uh, it, it's a you know want to uh, feel normal and and all of that. And like I was talking today that that this viral clip that we played earlier of Michael Bennett, the senator from Colorado, who absolutely teed off on Ted Cruz yesterday because Ted Cruz you know, was behind the the push to shut down the government in 2013, we forget what that was all about. That was because Ted Cruz wanted to defru- defund what would eventually become Obamacare, which is now one of the most popular pieces of legislation out there. Democrats won in 2018 purely on Obamacare. And so just think that this is, Ted Cruz who tried to take all of that away and shut down the government over it in 2013. Oh, but he was just reelected. Okay, cool. Great. Wonderful. Great. (laughs) Um, how do, how, have you done any polling on, like, the Democrats, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and how people view them with the shutdown? Nancy Pelosi
0: is one of the most fascinating things about the shutdown because, yeah. I mean, there's this concept called thermostatic public opinion, which is basically that things will sort of try to regulate. So, okay. you know, when Donald Trump is in power, people will sort of react against the things that he likes a little bit. The same thing happened when Obama was in power. Yeah, okay. And then, you know, sort of compounding that... You may have heard that Democrats really, really, really dislike Donald Trump and sort of tend to rally around things that he does not like and vice versa. The upshot of this is that Nancy Pelosi is now more popular with the Democratic Party than she has been in a very long time and has sort of, you know, risen to, you know, sort of party cult hero status like almost overnight. And she's now very popular because unlike Mitch McConnell, she has massive in-party support.
3: Yeah. I mean, look, I I I can say... Nancy Pelosi has broken my heart over the years and has done some things that I absolutely disagree with. And I think that she did do a little bit of damage to the Democratic Party as a whole. All of that being said, I cannot imagine anybody else being Speaker of the House for the Democratic Party right now than Nancy Pelosi. Like, it's, it, it's Nancy Pelosi. And I, uh, you know, I, I have a problem with some of the things that she's done in the past. I think that some of the stuff that she's done in the past is remarkable too, but I'm a I was conflicted about Nancy Pelosi, and I can say now, it's the only thing, it's the only thing that Democrats have going for them right now, uh, truly. All right. Uh, Ariel Edwards Levy, thank you so much for joining us from HuffPost. Again, make sure you follow her on Twitter at a Edwards Levy. Uh, thank you for coming in. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
3: Hey, Roger Stone got arrested this morning. By the way, we're going to talk more about that, the shutdown, and also uh, the State of the Union up next. Stay tuned.
2: This is the
3: Bill Press
1: Show. And remember, if you haven't already done so, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, please rate and review the show. That means a lot to us. And thanks so much for your support.
2: Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show,
3: live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Hello, everybody. It is The Bill Press Show. Thank you so much for tuning in here on a Friday. Bill Press is not here. Uh, my name is Peter Ogburn. I'll be sitting in today. Uh, we had a great first hour, and if you like the first hour, you're going to love the second hour. Uh, staff writer at Washington, Brittany Shepard, is in the studio with me. Hi, Brittany. Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so good. Uh, We were blessed by the news fairy early this morning. we we were. We we, we had a whole show. You and I talked last night about uh, the the things we're going to talk about. We had the shutdown. We had the State of the Union.
7: Mm -hmm. We have all this stuff going on. And you know what? Upended. Totally upended. Thank you, Robert Mueller.
3: Yeah, because Roger Stone got arrested this morning. I've said that phrase probably ten times on the show today.
7: And it's not enough.
3: It's still Sparks joy.
7: Oh, it does. Oh, Marie Kondo is quaking. She would love it.
3: Okay. All right. We have to talk about Marie Kondo really quick. Okay, sure. Because I've I've been obsessed with the decluttering thing. I haven't taken on the Marie method Mm -hmm. and I haven't read her book, but I'm familiar-ish with what she's doing. Absolutely. Ray and I have been talking about this because Ray is the one that hit me to uh, Marie Kondo.
4: Yeah, I was an early convert. I read it when the book first came out, and I did it in parts of my life, but not fully. But her Netflix show has inspired me to not only reread the book, but to really do it fully.
3: I'm going to—well, I can't read or write, but I'll have someone <laughs> read the book to me. <laughs> um, but... Neither can I, so we're yeah, on the scene. Yeah, neither, yeah, can yeah. The so, uh... yeah, neither can the <laughs> president, so— Neither yeah, can the president, so, exactly. Um, but but uh, I basically just took the thing of, like, does this spark joy? Does this spark joy? And you know what happened? There are a lot of things and clutter and stuff around my house that did not spark joy, so I got rid of it.
7: I like that. I like that journey. I'm doing yeah, the same it thing. Is a journey. I try to do that with the news, too. It was like, this, this news headline does not spark joy. Trash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not engaging. I want to watch, like, Anthony Scaramucci on Celebrity Big Brother. <laughs> and I can't do that anymore because yeah. Yeah. all these headlines are not sparking joy in my it's life. It's too much.
3: So find the headlines that spark joy is what we're trying to tell you. That's, that's the takeaway uh, for right now. So Rod, Roger Stone has
7: been arrested by FBI agents who aren't being paid during the government shutdown day 35 you know second paycheck not coming in CNN released the footage this morning of a a swath of FBI agents storming his home in Florida you know and it's just like I rarely say you know thank God for the unpaid FBI workers in America something that you know rarely comes out of my mouth but look like they're showing up to work they're not calling out sick Yeah. And they're doing Mueller's work. I I, I would like to think that there's some FBI agents that, like, just the pleasure of
3: arresting him was payment enough.
7: Oh, yeah. I I wonder (laughs) if, you know, he wears his crazy suits. I wonder if he has, like, striped pajamas, like, just that look like his insane suits. You know it.
3: You know he does, right? The the wild truth of Florida. Yeah, yeah. He's got, like, he's got just, like, (laughs) terrible linen. Pinstripe jam jams.
4: Really? I imagine more of the purple velvet variety.
3: Okay, hmm. all right, okay. I'll give you that. Yeah. You know what? Why not both?
4: <laughs> he was arrested today on crimes of fashion.
7: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Lying. <The> glasses. To... <laughs> no.
7: Yeah, fashion and lying to the FBI are my two favorite charges for Roger Stone. Exactly. Uh,
3: so anyway, we're we're gonna we're gonna dive deep into the Roger Stone stuff, or as deep as we can with the little details that we have for now. But I, I I'm going to repeat this because uh, I talked about this in the last hour. Yesterday afternoon at 5 p.m., a headline from CNN went up on their website. As Roger Stone waits for Robert Mueller's indictment, he's going back out for pizza on Fridays. <laughs>
7: Are you kidding?
3: Well, let's see what today, kind is, of pizza? today is today fr- is it's a New Haven style pizza that oh, he's a big fan of.
7: Classy man. uh
3: today's Friday. oh no
7: Oh he can't have pizza today because he's in jail. Oh no and they, they don't make good pizza in Florida prison <laughs> you know ah. you, you can't you can't even get Papa John's down there.
3: <laughs> yeah yeah. everybody go have pizza today and talk and 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 put it on social media. You're having social me- or you're having pizza today because Roger Stone can't have any. <laughs> That's the only reason you need. Stay tuned, we'll be right back.
2: On your radio, on TV and online. This is The Bill Press Show.
7: Hey
3: everybody, it is The Bill Press Show. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Peter Ogburn, sitting in for Bill Press today. Uh, find us on Twitter, at BP Show, at BP Show. You can send some comments there. I'm checking in as often as I can while I'm hosting. You can also find me on Twitter, at Peter Ogburn, but I wouldn't bother. Uh, you can also follow our guest for the hour, Brittany Shepard from the Washingtonian, on Twitter at b l uh, r. B l r. Shut my eyes. So okay. I just—it's okay. I'm having the like, tears
4: of joy are just, clouding your vision. I, I just—I've
3: been sobbing all morning uh, because I've been so happy because. Roger Stone got arrested this morning. I'm just not going to stop saying it. It still sparks so much joy. Roger Stone got arrested this morning. We'll
4: keep the headline because it sparks joy, but we'll get rid of Roger Stone because he does not spark joy. Does Definitively not spark does, joy. does not spark joy. You have to
7: thank joy. him, though, before before you hand him yes, over to the authorities. Right. Thank right. you, Roger
4: Stone, for providing another link closer to Donald Trump. You
3: have been Conmarine. <laughs> Bye. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that, that that is a true story. We we were going to talk mostly shutdown today, mm-hmm. uh, and this morning, about 15 minutes before we go live on air, the FBI arrested Roger Stone on seven different counts, including obstruction, making false statements, and witness tampering. And, um, Brittany, let, let's talk a little bit about this, because there are a couple of sort of, uh, Really interesting pieces to this story because I think that. Um, oh wait, I just want to read because John Podesta tweeted because this whole thing, oh,
8: really? this whole
3: thing came from the uh, the the hack of the DNC emails, which began with John Podesta. Uh, uh, John Podesta tweeted, "Roger's time in the barrel, and it's headed over Niagara Falls." Oh
4: no, Roger
3: <laughs> Roger Stone. Advisor to Trump is indicted in the Robert Mueller investigation. So even John John Podesta is gonna he's taking a little bit of glee in this for sure. That's I great. imagine
4: John Podesta, if you are listening, he'll put aside his risotto today and instead make pizza.
3: Yeah, he's a bit yeah. <laughs> please invite me,
7: <laughs> please.
3: He came on the show one time. and gave us his recipe for risotto. Oh,
7: it's my favorite leaked email. <laughs> it was his email about risotto?
3: Yeah, he he came on the show one time. We did a Thanksgiving show, mm-hmm. and he came on it. No, it wasn't his recipe for risotto. He gave us his recipe for turducken. Oh, He has wow. a recipe for turducken. A BP show exclusive. Exclusive. Wow. We Buy had,
4: that Easter egg, friends.
3: Yeah. It's out there, by the way. we uh, it, you, you, you talk about unlikely bedfellows. This was a show, our Thanksgiving show, in 2005. Wow. 2005, where we had Bill, me, John Podesta, and... Anthony Bourdain. Oh, wow. And we did our Thanksgiving roundtable.
7: What a sweet show.
3: Yeah, it was yeah. a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. But he shared his turducken recipe with us. Um, so it, it, I, wanna go, I wanna go on about <laughs> the, uh, the, the Roger Stone stuff because here's one of the things from the indictment that I think should send a chill up the spine of anybody who has ever interacted with Donald Trump. On or about, this is from the indictment directly, on or about October 1, 2016, which was a Saturday, person 2 sent Stone a text message. A text message. That stated, quote, Big news on Wednesday. Now pretend you don't know me. Hillary's campaign will die this week. End quote. And that was a text message that was sent to Roger Stone by somebody at WikiLeaks. And... The thing that should really scare everybody here is they have the text messages. Mm. They have the
7: emails. And Mueller has and his team have the entire, all the receipts. They got everything they need. (laughs) As as they say, yeah. And Roger Stone is, you know, for the last year said that, you know, there's no collusion. Everything that Mueller is doing is a witch hunt. Like, he wasn't a conduit for Julian Assange. He wasn't a conduit for WikiLeaks. But even like a cursory reading of the indictment, it, it really seems that he's claiming that he was this like grandmaster plant yeah. and was orchestrating and he was able to he knew was colluding with somebody at WikiLeaks to, you know, really nail down Hillary and the DNC. A very illegal and very uncool business from Roger Stone.
3: Well, so this is something that I've sort of been waiting for because there is going to be a moment, and I think we're getting pretty close, where the GOP as a whole is going to pivot and say Oh well, of course we were working with Russia to get information on Hillary Clinton. This is how important the election was, and that's not a bad thing. This is how it was supposed to happen.
7: That like the normal politicking storyline, like of course, like you've been in D.C. This is how we, you know, this is how it works,
3: and automatically it shifts, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's that, um, uh, it's that great tweet. Oh gosh, I'm trying. I want to make sure I get the tweet exactly right Uh, because there was a tweet by Jesse Farrar on uh, on on Twitter, Bronze Hammer. Yeah. Where he says, Well, I'd like to see old Donnie Trump wriggle his way out of this jam. Trump wriggles his way out of the jam quite easily. <laughs> ah, well, nevertheless.
7: Yeah. I mean, that this seems how the GOP has been acting for the last two years, you know? Like, oh man, it's like uh, the cat eat the canary, but suddenly, like, now, oh, like all cats eat canaries. That's a very normal <laughs> thing that we do.
3: You know, the, uh, I, I like the analogy of the cat eating the canary. Uh, the more i think appropriate analogy is the frog being boiled
7: oh, yeah. well yeah that's true you know right? you
3: know everybody knows this right like mm. it, if you take a, if you take a frog and you put it in a pot of boiling water he'll just jump right out mm-hmm. but if you take a frog you put it in a pot of cold water you turn the heat on and you let it slowly come up to a boil the frog never realizes that it's being boiled alive and that is what the republican party is right now
7: well, absolutely. They're and
3: slowly being boiled alive by Donald Trump.
7: It's a lot of frogs. A lot <laughs> of frogs. And it, it, I mean, at this point, too, there's like a lot of pressure from the base to be like, well, you know, if you're not in the pot, then you're not American. You're not a real GOP. There's just like kind of interesting ideological shift that if you're with, you're either with Trump or you're, you know, a moderate or you know a Dem, and you're going to get voted out in twenty in the next election.
3: Yeah. It, so let me ask you this, um, because I think that. Progressives, Democrats, liberals, and 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 most normal Americans are just waiting to see when the smoking gun appears mm-hmm. for collusion uh, with Russia from Donald Trump. Uh, how close does this particular indictment put us to that?
7: Well, I think it's hard to say because all of this kind of rests on Senate Republicans. And, uh, you know? <laughs> yikes! That's <laughs> well, a big yikes for me, everybody! <laughs> you know, because like, we're all thinking about what, what happens after there is the smoking gun. Is there gonna be impeachment? You know, it it's like, what's, what's the next step yeah. here? And the really only people who can advance the conversation because the House can I- impeach Trump And, you know, vote for impeachment all they want. You know, voting on articles of impeachment doesn't just automatically kick, you know, evict Donald Trump out of 16 Pennsylvania. Right. You know, there has to be a lot of action um, from Republicans in the Senate. So if they really don't think that if they keep moving their goalposts and they keep moving their hard lines then there might not be a smoking gun, which is what I've heard from a lot of other reporters, too. Like the Mueller investigation has become this sort of Damocles, right? Like yeah. it's hanging over us. We're like, well, OK, finally, something's going to happen. Like big news at five, big Mueller day. And I mean, these very significant news items come out from Mueller once a month. And we, we're getting closer to Trump, right? You know, we're getting I mean, I think the closest we might get, you know, Jared Kushner, perhaps. But even so, is, is that really going to do anything for the president? He seems so untouchable.
3: I think that's right. And I, I I my biggest fear and this has been my fear for a long time is not that Donald Trump is going to fire Robert Mueller is that Robert Mueller finishes his report, puts it out and nobody cares. Well, or the right people yeah. don't
8: care.
7: Or a lot of you know people do care, but so many other things are happening at once. It's like which explosion do you follow yeah. and at some point some people a lot of people just turn their backs to it. And yeah. They're like, "Okay, we're going to you know, tweet about, like, calling into live like, video game live streams. That's what legislatures do now on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, They're calling into yeah. Twitch. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. So there's priorital shifts. You know, AOC I really
3: was, I think, the first politician to call in during a Twitch stream of a Donkey Kong video game.
7: <laughs> I believe that's accurate. I don't I have a, right. I didn't call the historian, but I, yeah. I, think, I think that's correct. I, right. yeah. I think that's right. I
3: think that's right. <laughs> just another way that she's completely—I'm not making that up, by the way. She no, actually
7: did that. Extremely uh, real. Yeah. yeah, she
3: actually did that. Uh, which, whatever. More power to her. Uh, but that's just the way that politicians now talk to people.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, they gotta—they they gotta find all this new or this retweeting new Cardi B, or retweeting Cardi B. Oh man, yeah. The old. I'm myth, sorry. I'm sorry though. I have to say, Chuck Schumer not allowed to tweet about Cardi B. He yeah. tweeted about
7: Cardi B. Oh really? I saw there was a thread about you know like, are you gonna retweet the video? It was, so it was
3: between Brian Schatz from Hawaii mm. and somebody else, and they were going back and forth about retweeting the video. And then, like, three days later, Chuck Schumer replies.
7: He's like, oh, you've seen that meme. I've seen yeah. that girl. She he, sings the song. I don't want to be about made red into shoes. a <laughs> Yes, uh, yeah, whipping. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, unallowed. Every. As a New Yorker, I disavow it.
3: Everybody else, every other politician is allowed to tweet about Cardi B except for Chuck Schumer.
7: I Also, maybe Orrin Hatch. Oh. Yeah.
3: You know what? I'd like to see that, actually. <laughs> I, and I'm not going to outlaw Orrin Hatch for doing it. I just want to see what Orrin Hatch would have to say. No, I don't. No, I don't want to see what he has to say about it. Uh All right. So, so anyway, yeah. look, uh, Roger Stone has been arrested, he has been indicted. Um, we will just have to see how this progresses. Um, but everybody sort of has been wondering what's the next shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's so many shoes that have dropped already. Right. What's the next one to drop? And and I think a lot of people said, like, it's, it's going to be Roger Stone. Yeah. It's going to be Roger Stone. Well, we got Roger Stone. So what's the next shoe to drop?
7: And, and I'm not so sure. There's like the Scooby, this Scooby-Doo paddy wagon, you know, <laughs> it's like, and who is coming out next, you, right. you know, it. It's, it's kind of this, like, horse race that has trapped a lot of journalists, I think myself included, is that we get stuck trying to figure out what Mueller's going to do next and who is going to go down. And then a lot of nonsense happens in the White House around us when we're not looking. So,
3: Speaking of nonsense happening in the, uh, <laughs> uh, around us, I, I had to get this story in because uh, this story came out yesterday. Uh, there has been a lot made about the security clearance of Jared Kushner yeah. and Ivanka Trump. Well, there's a story out yesterday that says that Jared Kushner's top secret security clearance was actually rejected. Mm-hmm. Actually rejected. Uh, but then a Trump official overruled that decision. Yeah, And it wasn't just Jared Kushner. There were about 30 others that they did. And, you know, I, there is a, um, a very, 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 very good book uh, called The Fifth Risk by Michael Lewis. And, uh, he talks, but one of the things he talks about specifically is, um, the transition and Chris Christie was, so basically I'll just sort of summarize this as much as I can, but like when you are in the final, uh, stretch of a presidential campaign, if you're on the map, if you're, if you're like one of the main contenders, you by law have to start a transition and Donald Trump started that transition and Chris Christie was the one that led it. And so Chris Christie hired all these people, and by all accounts, he did a very good job of hiring real, actual people who know how the government work and would like to see the government, like, actually function. And then here comes Jared Kushner, who has an axe to grind mm-hmm. with Chris Christie, and he didn't just fire Chris Christie. He fired all of the other people that Chris Christie had already hired for the transition. And Chris Christie actually vetted Michael Flynn out of the Trump administration but then Jared Kushner
7: brought him back in danger and a very dangerous move on the, Kushner's part
3: this is who Jared Kushner is yeah. like Jared Kushner is absolutely out of his league here and he's got a top security clearance but it was it was denied at first
7: yeah and John Kelly even spiked it down I mean, it was Feels like a year ago now when that happened. Yeah, I, I read this news item too this morning. You yeah, know, um, this top white se- White House aide. I'm trying to figure out who it could be. Yeah, um, yeah, who yeah, has yeah. uh, you know, vetoed like gone over vetoes and approved about over 30 security clearances. Like that, that can't be. You know, if people within the security team are not allowing Jared Kushner to have a security clearance, like we we ought to perhaps trust them, especially with this like close ties to the Middle East, um, and MBS, you would think, mm, maybe not this guy. Yeah.
3: I want to read directly from this piece uh, at Slate.com. Carl Klein, a foreign Pentagon official, was put in charge of Personnel Security Office in May 2017 and disregarded the concerns raised in Kushner's background check over foreign contacts and financial entanglements, granting the senior advisor top secret clearance. That gave the presidential family member access to information so sensitive it is capable of doing, quote, "exceptionally grave damage," end quote, to U.S. national security if it falls into the wrong hands. At the time, Kushner was also seeking even greater clearance to access sensitive, compartmented information, enabling him to see the country's most highly and t- or most tightly held secrets. Now, if you just listen to that, you just read that, just that part of a paragraph, okay? Jared Kushner, they feared that he had so many foreign connections and so many financial uh, dealings outside of America that he now has access to very, very, very sensitive and, quote, exceptionally grave Damage-causing information. Mm. That they said this is not a good idea for him to have this, and he's got it.
7: It Which is you know absolutely terrifying and confounding and confusing, but also, you know, I shouldn't really be surprised with like how this White House has been running over the last year or so, like this strange nepotism circus.
3: There's a there's another thing again in this in this fifth risk book that Mm. uh, Michael Lewis talks about. Like, what is it that is the Trump? administration is it is it the nepotism that's bringing it down is it uh you know a uh a theocracy with mike pence in there Mm -hmm. is what is it and and it really for me what it comes down to the phrase is a cacatocracy, which is a government being run by supremely unqualified people at every level
4: basically being run by cacti
3: <laughs> I don't. Think, I don't think that's right. I'm just kidding. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. But still, but pretty much. Yeah. Put cacti in there.
7: Succulents are having a moment. A c- yeah. A caca- it's a succulent moment.
3: A cactocracy, slightly better than a cactusocracy.
7: <laughs> that's our hot take for the morning. Well, I mean, yeah, there was little precedent to say that Jared Kushner was a good ambassador for peace in the Middle East. Yet that's been he has that task among many others. It, I'm not sure if there's just one thing that's gonna be defining of this Trump presidency, other than there is no rule book anymore, that he's kind of redefined what it means to be president. And that could be inept. Like now now that word can be um, tied to a presidency, which, you know, can be shocking for some, but it's the reality that we're living in right now. You know, there's no one in the press offices, there's no one working in that place. So maybe he is the only one that's walking around with security right now. It's like him and the yeah. janitor. Yeah,
3: yeah. Hey, you know, to that point, I, I, I've I said this multiple times when, I, when, I, when I'm in this chair. This is the time that we live in. This is not normal. Wh- wherever you fall on the political spectrum, this mm-hmm. is not normal. And I know that a lot of Democrats are craving normalcy yeah. and they want to have somebody normal back in there. But you know what, for now anyway, that ship has sailed.
7: Well, that's why people are clicking on to Nancy Pelosi. Like she's doing such a good job, I think, because her the Democrats are now rallying around a normal, storied politician.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Who's having to do not normal things, by the way? Oh, like yeah. the State of the Union. I wanted to talk to you specifically about the State of the Union because I love this story. And and as I mentioned in the last hour, I've been conflicted on Nancy Pelosi. I think absolutely there is nobody better to uh, be the 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 Speaker of the House right now. Mm-hmm. But look, she, as a Democrat and as a progressive, she broke my heart a couple of times over the years. She just has. Um, but boy, oh boy, she gets an A++ from me over the shutdown and over everything that she's done so far, specifically the State of the Union. Um, because she invited Trump to give the State of the Union and then she said, Oh, you know, actually, uh, we've got some major security problems and uh we're not gonna let you get the state of the union. Which was look, let's be let's be very clear. It's a little transparent, all right? Yeah. It might have been a little petty. It might have been a little
7: petty. No, oh, I think it was a lot petty, but that the pettiness is the point. Right? Yeah. yeah.
3: Hey, I'm petty Pendergrass. <laughs> I'm
7: I'm all for it. I love it. It's part of politicking, you know? Just yeah. like well, that's how you that's kind of how you get under Trump's skin, is to speak to him in his language. And so she was doing what she had to do.
3: I she picked a fight as petty and as publicly as mm-hmm. she could with one of the biggest bullies that we've ever seen in this country. And she won. Well, yeah, of course she
7: did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's, yeah. it, it's all about getting the last word with him and kind of like outmaneuvering him. And what Nancy Pelosi does so well is like melding this like grand schoolmaster personality sure. with actual policy knowledge to back it up. Yeah. Uh, and she's able to do that on official um, congressional letterhead, which is rare to see this play out um, in correspondence like this. It, it, it's and so unprecedented, really. Yeah, yeah
3: absolutely. No, absolutely. It's, it's, it's This, again, gets back to the whole, like, we do not live in normal times, mm-hmm. you know? It, it, it's interesting to me that Donald Trump could have pulled this whole State of the Union stunt uh, on a similar level when he was, you know, a real estate developer, and he would have mm-hmm. gotten away with it, and he would have gotten his way, and that's, you know, whatever. For all of the talk about squishy San Francisco liberal Nancy Pelosi, Mm no, 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 no. She was brought up in the Baltimore political uh, climate. Mm -hmm. She knows politics very, very well. Of course. So it's just fun. It's really funny to me to see him get completely outmaneuvered effortlessly
7: well, and you see him stand down in real time too because you know he came with some pretty strong language in those first letters saying well i i can't wait to be there on time in the appropriate location i believe it was like his, his closing sentence with an exclamation point point. Yeah. and she went no no no, no, no. no. no, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice, nice try yeah. I, I really did think that he was going to have some kind of ad hoc state of the union and I, I think it would do really well with you know maga the maga base is to have like a live stream in the um, the Rose Garden or something like they could have really doubled down American flags everywhere. This is the Democrats. said the Democrats don't believe in tradition. Like there were so many really basic, you know, Republican plumb lines he could have bought into. But instead, you know, he was just completely, you know, dog with tail between its legs and just like, OK, whatever you want.
3: I, I don't I, I can't think of any fight that Donald Trump has picked as president that he lost this badly on. And I know that's not in, like yeah. a huge battle necessarily, but like he's, he he never just says, okay, fine. Well, he always yeah. finds a way to make himself the winner.
7: Yeah. And whether we're punching down or punching sideways, he'll go to Twitter right. and, you know, nicknames. But like with Pelosi, I didn't even see one like lazy, crying okay. Nancy. Just, I call her Nancy. That was supposed to be a dig. Oh, yes. as I call her Nancy. Nancy. Pelosi, her biblical her, name.
3: Nancy. Oh, you mean her name? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. I guess you guys are tight, mm-hmm. I, I guess. Uh, what is it with their relationship?
7: Well, to me, I feel like he's like has a deference for her yeah and a different he, which he doesn't have for Chuck Schumer, which he doesn't no. have for pretty much any Anybody other. Else? But, yeah, I think it's that, you know, I think he really bows to these strong women like look at Stormy Daniels. I don't want to compare the two at all, but there's there's this power dynamic, I think that if he's challenged by a strong women woman, You know, he tried that with Hillary and tried to, like, punch her down. And even still at the end, I think that she had she could argue she had some kind of moral high ground over Donald Trump. And I I just think that he has some kind of complex where he'll step back. You know, I think
3: I think that that is absolutely correct. And I think that also at the core of that is he likes a fight. Yeah. He likes the fight. He 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 doesn't he doesn't want to find the the uh, compromise. Mm-hmm. He wants to fight over things, and it doesn't matter what it is. He'll fight over the pettiest. of Well,
7: things. he's always been that way. Have you ever turned on The Apprentice? Right. You know, P- people are like, well, "How can you ever? You know, how is this Donald Trump?" I'm like, have you guys been paying yeah. attention? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's always been a person who cares more about the the optics than the substance. And fight is amazing television. It's amazing optics. Yeah.
3: You know, the farther the farther we get away from 2016, the worse I think the Democratic Party as a whole looks. Um, And and look, I know it was a good line at the time uh, when Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high.
7: Mm.
3: No, when they go low, we, we meet them down there and we fight. And I think that's absolutely the way to, to to handle Donald Trump. Nancy Pelosi just
7: showed it. Well, yeah, she meets him at his eye line, which yep. other people don't do. Not at all. Yeah, and that's why she, I think, will be a lot more successful in navigating whatever policy through Congress if it actually ever opens. So they can actually do work. I, I think that that's how she's going to try to get things done.
3: Uh, as Nancy Pelosi's own daughter said after she became Speaker of the House. She will cut your head off and you won't even know you're bleeding.
7: It's an amazing line. It's It's, a it's great just my line. new Tinder bio. Now, too. <laughs> yeah. It's a great line. It
3: is. It's a great line. And
7: I was thinking too when the last time the state of the union was pushed back, it was like during Sputnik for Reagan.
3: Wow. Yeah. Was, really? So
7: there's his Reagan comparison that he really wants. There you go. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's just like Reagan. <laughs> just like Reagan. Yeah, he had to push, you know, this like massive tragedy where people died and now it's just like, oh, and now the government's not open. So it's really interesting to see the optics of what's gonna kick the ball down the road for such a American tradition.
3: Let's talk a little bit about the shutdown sure. in particular. We're gonna talk more about this in the next segment with Nevin Martell, who is here with Pay It Furloughed, a great uh, group that he uh, started off because these furloughed workers, uh, they're having a really hard time paying their bills, mm-hmm. uh, paying for the medication. Uh, uh, paying to put you know uh, clothes on their kids' back. Frankly, this is the this is now day thirty-five. This would have yeah. been their second paycheck that they would have gotten today uh, that they are not going to get. But also, uh, Pay It Furloughed is a great group that's that's come together to buy some of these furloughed workers beer. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that uh, in the next segment. But let's talk a little bit about some of the details of the shutdown uh, because yesterday there were two competing bills. Mm-hmm. They were both shut down. They were both failed. I didn't mean to say shut down. <laughs> We'll slip, But you know what yeah. I'm They both failed. Knocked down. Yeah, they both knocked down. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and we, we are still not really any closer to an end of this shutdown. I don't really mm-hmm. see a way out of this. So let me ask you two different things. Uh, Ray, I want to play that clip of Lindsey Graham because Lindsey Graham yesterday floated this idea, which may or may not get traction, but this is his idea for getting the government reopened. We're talking about a three-week CR,
4: and all of us believe if we had three weeks with the government open, with all the discord coming from a shutdown, that we could find a way forward to produce a bill that he would sign that would be good for everybody in the country, but we
0: need that opportunity.
3: Okay, I don't think that's going to fix the problem, frankly, but that is an idea that's out there. Mm-hmm. Also, CNN reporting last night. Uh, quote, the White House is preparing a draft proclamation for Donald Trump to declare a national emergency along the southern border and has identified more than $7 billion in potential funds for his signature border wall, should he go that route. Mm -hmm. So, two different options there, basically. Yeah. Uh, I think we are probably more likely going to see a national emergency proclamation than...
7: Of the two, then a CR for three weeks, and then they'll pass another CR to open the government another three weeks. We saw that it's been the last like two years we've been doing these like small incremental CRs. But Donald Trump could have called a national emergency a couple weeks ago when yeah. he was having the idea, and he, he seemed to back down from it publicly, which is, you know, typically out of his personality to do so. Yeah. Uh, there, I I think if we hit month two, there is a possibility that he'll. Say, oh, there's a national emergency. Open the government. That'll get you know funding for this border wall. We'll still get blocked in the Congress. You know, everybody wins and everybody loses, but everybody's happy, which is like you know the politician's way out. That is the correct answer. Yeah,
3: that's how we get out of this shutdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, there w- there've been a lot of writing about you know if a disaster happens, heaven forbid, we're mm-hmm. there's a terrorist attack or some horrible outbreak or something that absolutely the government needs to function, Mm -hmm. that would open the government. Uh, Short of that, it's going to be this. Yeah, It's going to be a national emergency. And look, as someone who thinks that the wall is a dumb idea and I don't think it's ever going to be built, I think that, honestly, I don't hate the idea because... That wall's gonna get shut down. They're not gonna. They're not. I mean, he can fight that in the courts and he'll lose. But then he can say, "Folks, I tried. I built my wall. I tried to build the wall. They said I can't do it. But I also reopened the government. It's all about finding the win, right? You know. And it just you just give him just a sliver of daylight, and he'll find it, and he'll and he'll take the win. And I think that's. He's slowly realizing that that might be the only way that he can get the win.
7: Yeah, I, I think so too. I was talking to other people saying, you know, what do you think what the, the government's going to do? Or like should TSA agents walk out? You know, the Super Bowl is coming up. Yeah. in Atlanta, and they're like, well, all the Atlanta airport should just shut down.
3: Right, by the yeah. way, that's the Bill Press position that I 100%
7: agree with. <laughs> yeah, you know, people are just like, let just all the TSA agents should just walk out the Super Bowl, and you know, I don't know a lot about sports, but I know that will piss ton of people off. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I mean. That's what he really just flexes on anger right yeah so i mean there could be some movement there if that happens but i'm not so sure if tsa agents are like willing to play dice
3: i think that's probably right you know we we had uh uh, sarah nelson who's the head of the flight attendants union in Mm -hmm. studio uh earlier this week and she's all for uh, a general strike and she said you know they should walk off Uh, america would go into chaos complete chaos but you know what that would make the point yeah I think that would make the point i mean there are so many people who hate the government that don't realize what the government does in their day-to-day lives
7: oh yeah they, they just, just don't it can't them function it's how they get around how they live
3: and not just how they get around how they yeah, yes yes 100 yeah. percent. but like shutting down the airport okay well i don't i haven't flown in 13 years so it ain't gonna bother me yeah well when your goods can't arrive to you because mm-hmm. the, the the airports are shut down And business isn't able to be conducted because the airports are shut down. You'll get an idea of just what the government does. If you're a farmer, like, uh, uh, again, God, I feel like a broken record. I keep talking about this Michael Lewis book, but they talk about, like, there are, there are. Uh, boats that dredge canals that allow farmers to put their goods and services on boats and allow this this allows them to take their good if those boats aren't operating and the dredging isn't happening then you don't have a job right there is no demand right
4: or even bringing this back to what the whole conversation is about immigration essentially right yeah, yeah. if you care about immigration and if you are a voter who feels like our national security is at risk which there are numbers that prove that it is not. Then you should really care about the government because most immigration is happening via the airline industry. Yeah. Not walking across the border.
7: Yeah, or slivering coming through steel slats. You know, there. So it's it's interesting to see that people who are supportive of the shutdown. But I've written, I feel like I've written a shutdown story every single day, <laughs> speaking to furloughed, speaking to furloughed people, and I. Even yesterday, I spoke to women who don't have access to feminine hygiene care products. Really, yeah. b- really, really basic things. You know, that's 40, 40 bucks a week. It's like, well, do I feed my family? Especially if you have three women in your family and you're a full worker and your husband is a full worker. It's like these. It's like these little spin off things people yeah. don't realize that affect their their lives. Yeah. Sad. Absolutely sad.
3: Uh, read that story and all of your great reporting at Washingtonian.com. Brittany Shepard is with us for the hour. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's have a beer. Yeah. It's yeah.
7: Friday. It's Friday, right?
3: Yeah, yeah let's, let's do have it. a beer. And let's talk about a great program by my buddy, uh, Nevin Martell, which is all about making sure that the furloughed workers don't have to pay for a cold beer. Stay tuned to The Bill Press Show. We'll be right back.
2: This is The Bill Press Show.
3: It is The Bill Press Show. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in here on a Friday. Bill is out, but we'll be back next week. Uh, So I'm in the big chair. My name is Peter Rogburn, sitting in for Bill Press today. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, at BP Show, at BP Show. Uh, Joining me in studio, still here uh, for the hour, Brittany Shepard from Washingtonian. But my buddy, Nevin Martell, is here.
8: Dude, it's so good to be here. Always a pleasure, Peter.
3: It's so good to see you. So uh, we've had you on the show a couple different times Mm -hmm. for uh, different events that you uh, had going on, and there was a very great uh, idea that you (laughs) hatched recently to help out furloughed federal employees, because we're here in Washington, D.C. We all know a lot of federal employees, uh, and... Today would have been the day that they would have gotten their second paycheck of the year, but they yep. are not getting it because the government is still shut down. Yeah, brutal. It, I mean, it's uh, look, absolutely brutal. Look, yeah. we're, we're, it's I, it, we've told so many different stories about just heartbreak. Yeah, no, heartbreak, it's... and I think it really shows just how tenuous the economic situation is here in this country. But there are some good guys yep. out there <laughs> who are here to help you, like <laughs> Nevin. Nevin, what are you doing to help the furloughed workers? Well, you know. And why the hell are you here with beer? It's eight in the morning.
8: Well, first of all, would you guys like a beer? Come on. Uh, Let's start out with beer. Let's start out with beer. Absolutely. Don't tell my editor. (laughs) (laughs) This is totally not on the internet. This will just just be between us girls. Yeah. (laughs) So I brought beers from three of our brewery partners, uh, Three Stars Brewing, DC Brow, and Atlas Brewworks. And so I'm going to crack one. You guys can each have one here. Hell yeah.
7: Love to crack open a cold one with the boy. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh
8: yeah. And so this... The reason why we're drinking beers is because my friend al goldberg who you know and also friend uh, of the show friend of the show and uh (laughs) has been uh you know somebody who's come on with me before but he owns mess all here in dc which is a culinary incubator you know we go out to dinner all the time because we're good friends and um we had one of those i was like you know wouldn't it be crazy if we could do something really cool for people hurt by the shutdown in the food and beverage space on kind of like a micro funding level And I was like, you know, it's really weird. I was just talking to the guy who owns Atlas Brewworks, and they've got all this beer sitting in a tank because they can't get the label approved. And also, I've been talking to other brewers as well, and everybody's foot traffic is down, and they're just having a horrible January. And, you know, it's been really, really bad for business. So we thought, what if we marry those two ideas and, you know, have people microfund a beer or more through a website? And so we got this awesome crew called Three Advance here in DC on their web designers, app developers. They stayed up for three days straight, drank nothing but Red Bull, no beer, <laughs> no beer. and uh, they designed this like back-end <laughs> technology in a website so called payitfurloughed.com, and the idea is is that you can go onto the site, you can fund one or more beers, and then anybody who's a furloughed federal employee or contractor can walk into any of our you know, locations, which are the three breweries I mentioned, plus uh, we're starting with the uh, right proper today. Mm. And, oh, nice. Yeah, really cool. and then uh, Shop Made in D.C., which is in DuPont Circle. Yeah. And they can drink as many free beers as they like, responsibly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Irresponsibly, you're out. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and don't forget to tip your bartenders. These people are working hard too. And uh, as long as there's beers in the fund, there's beers to be had. And it's, I mean, it's been astounding. We've given over two thousand beers out already. Wow. Which Over 2,000 kind of, beers already. Yeah. Already. That's yeah. so great, man. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. I, I, I'm i drinking. Well, you,
3: cheers you, to that. Yeah, cheers, everybody. I've already, I've already started drinking. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, it. cheers. So Atlas Brew Works is sort of where wow. where this this kind of idea mm-hmm. began. I'm drinking their uh, Rowdy Rye, uh, which is a uh, Hop Forward Rye Ale, which nice. I lo- I actually love this. Yeah. This is a great beer. You Ooh. got...
7: All what are the, the drinking beers from DC. I am drinking a DC Brow, the Public. Nice. It's delicious. It's a it's, classic. Yeah. These are
8: three. What do you have? I've got a uh, a classic two, three store, three stars, peppercorn saison. Okay, oh, a saison. which is yeah, Fancy this is a nice yeah. one. All three <laughs> of these beers are like first ballot Hall of Fame DC beers. Yeah, absolutely, classic. absolutely. These like, are all classics. Yep. Without a doubt, these are the th- these are the th- probably the three best beers in Washington D.C. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. I mean, there's a couple others that would vie for some love and attention, but I'd say that. Well, these, I haven't it, drank all of them yet, Devin. <laughs> I gotta get out it's
3: there. Only and Eight try thirty. More, at and 9. I, yeah, I, mean, I know. On. I know. Come uh, well, so, back. Th- y- you've gotten all kinds of of press attention for this, and what what what's sort of the reaction that you got from the public? I mean, clearly it's working because you're giving away beers.
8: Yeah, no, uh, it's been a whirlwind the last two weeks to go from a wouldn't it be crazy if conversation mm-hmm. to a working website. Uh, just a few days later, that was totally glitch free. To you know, CNN, NPR, PBS Newshour. You know, we've gotten a lot of attention, which has been awesome. But also, we have jobs and families, and and you know, my partner Al was a little bit more anticipatory of kind of the monsoon that was headed our way, and yeah. I was kind of like, oh yeah, this will be fun, this will be cool. <laughs> and uh, every every yeah. night when I go back to sleep in the wee hours in the morning, I'm like. I know we're helping a lot of people but what was I thinking? I mean, you know. <laughs> you created a monster. A, yeah, at 6am.
7: Please jump comment yeah. on this. Yeah. <laughs>
8: but it's been awesome, man. I mean, it's really been phenomenal in the sense that there's so much bad news out there right now that it's nice to be part of some good news. Absolutely. And, you know, it some people are like, "Well, why beer? Why not diapers? Why not food? Why not people's mortgages?" And, you know, there are other programs helping people with those things in their lives. And it's really nice at a time of need when people are just struggling to put food on the table, just worried about paying the electrical bill, that they can still go out and have what's a little luxury. You know, it's right. like you still deserve to go out, hang out with your friends, have some camaraderie, you know, check in with your community, have a couple beers on us. Don't stress about it. You know, it's you know, these have we've been hearing that lots of federal workers that have been furloughed have been using the furloughed paid furloughed program to like have happy hours. So, yeah. Like, people that haven't seen each other in a month will get together, I'll have some beers on us and catch up, which is awesome. I,
3: I think that's just so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and you hit on something. it's it's really not just about, you know, getting them beers. No. Because yeah. you haven't gotten the paycheck in over a month now. Ugh, it's so brutal, man.
8: Yeah. Ugh, I can't
3: uh, you're stressing like crazy over like you said, paying your mortgage, uh, yep. paying free medication. Uh, paying to keep your electricity bill on, mm-hmm. and 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 I've I've talked several times today about just the tenuous nature that our economy is yeah. in at any given moment, and you know what? We all, I, I believe the term is self care that the millennials use. Yes, self care. Self care. <laughs> yes. yes. oh, we all yeah. could use a little bit of self care every now and then, and it's just step away, not just to necessi- not just to drink a beer, but no. to like get out and meet, see your friends. Absolutely, get out and talk to people. Yeah. Yeah, and we need more of that. And and to have it over beer is a great way to do it.
7: And happy yep. hour is such an intrinsic part of DC culture. Oh my it's like God! Baked in, yeah. and so when you. It's like a little bit like FOMO for people who are stuck in their home, especially furloughed <sighs> workers yeah. who are going stir-crazy. It's really nice to have people kind of feel normal. It's like, like I can take a shower and feel like a human being. It's, it's it's like it's like those little things. It's like, okay, I can be participatory in DC culture, even though I'm not making any money. I think that's a really important point of it, too. By and, the
3: way, we're, we're sitting here talking about this. I just looked up at the TV, and I, I forgot momentarily <laughs> that uh, Roger Stone got arrested this <laughs> yeah. morning. Yeah!
8: Here, can we cheers oh, yeah. to that, too? Let's cheers, to that, that too. Yeah, cheers. Really cheers. to that, too. Better. Cheers! Cheers! So, news! Well, cheers. cheers to news. Cheers, cheers to, to
3: news. news. Cheers fair enough. I'm going to cheers to Roger Stone dying penniless in jail. That's what I'm, I'm cheering to. Uh, uh, Trump <laughs> be next. To,
7: Ro- <laughs> to Roger Stone not eating pizza today. I think we can all cheers to that.
3: He, he's yeah. been eating pizza on Fridays. There was a CNN story yesterday oh. as Roger Stone waits for the Mueller indictment. He's still keeping up with his tradition of eating pizza on Fridays. Good for to him. which I said... Everybody should eat pizza today for one reason:
7: because Roger Stone can't because he's in jail in Florida. Although as in you Florida. said, yeah. Florida
3: prison pizza not great. Not great. Not- it's like
7: not a CPK, not <laughs> wow. a Domino's. Yeah, yeah it, it is. Well, and not to give too much like free rent to Roger Stone in, in my head right now, <laughs> but Roger Stone, I would just like to let note that he has an online store where he stel- sells Roger Stones. Yeah, stones yeah. that he signs. And you know, if you're, if you're feeling bad for Roger Stone, maybe buy a pebble. Right. I, I get mm-hmm. a
3: lot of grief because I've recently gotten into crystals, healing crystals. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Like a rose I, quartz. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I want one of the Roger Stones. Stones to put with my healing crystals. It was in my Christmas Do- gift guide. Wow!
7: <laughs> so it really was.
3: Won't
8: it infect all the other? Good <laughs> That's what i yeah, like It's going like, to suck out like all, the <laughs> all the good yeah. energy. Yeah,
7: <laughs> I'm curious. Then you can then you we'll can come say it, it, say thank you, and throw it away. Exactly. Yeah. Show us full circle.
3: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so Nevin, if people want to help out, just, just let's put it out there right now.
8: Uh, it's payitfurload.com. That's right, and it's super easy. It's seven fifty a beer. And that includes the full price of the beer for the brewer or the shop, sales tax, processing fees, everything. And uh, you know that means that somebody can walk in, show their federal employee or contractor ID, and get a beer on you. And that's pretty so really awesome. Th- th- think about that this weekend as we head into the weekend. And again, you got to remember there
3: are federal employees out there that were expecting to get a paycheck <sighs> today. They got a pay. They got a check saying 0.00. They got no money. Uh, that's
8: just cruel too. You know? It, it, yeah. it, 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 you know, that's just like adding insult to injury at a time when people could use it the least. <laughs> Imagine
7: being the pay stub person who has oh, to process. I know. I know. I mean, we were talking about that this morning. It's like, what do you do when you're like, oh, I know. gotta, gotta give zero, zero, zero.
8: Ah, man, that yeah, that's really, really tough. I mean,
7: think yeah. about think about those
3: paychecks today, and like, look, it's the weekend. You could buy somebody who got a zero dollar paycheck. You could buy them a beer. Absolutely. Or three. Yeah. Or five. Are, is there a limit to how There's, many we can there buy? There's
8: no limit. We've had some people give hundreds of dollars. Oh, which wow. is wow. really, really, really nice. I mean, the generosity people have shown, like we've gotten donations from almost every state in the country, and we've gotten donations from abroad, Mexico, believe it or not. Oh. <laughs> Canada, Singapore. That didn't happen. did we've that happen? We've the last time I checked, we have gotten two
3: oh, from Mexico. Man. That says yeah. a
8: lot. It does. It does. That says a lot. But it's you know, It just shows that people hear the story, they're heartened by it, and they want to help, which we think is awesome. And, you know, we've gotten so many nice notes from people thanking us for it. We've met people in the breweries or at Shop Made in D.C. And, you know, it's really really heartwarming. And, you know, I tear up every time it happens that somebody says that, you know, they're having a good time because of it. We've had so many breweries across the country express interest in being a part of it. And we are going to be expanding. We're, That's right. That was my next not question. Not to worry. Not You're to a worry. professional. <laughs> you <know> exactly <laughs> I'm going to get my talking point yeah. in. Here Don't worry. You. our
7: exclusive here. So
8: um, there will be an expansion. Uh, today, like I mentioned, Right Proper joins us. Another great brewery uh, here cool. in Washington, yeah. D.C. Um, but we are looking to Maryland and Virginia as well as three spots across the country which will cover from sea to shining sea. And we've chosen... Regions that have a strong concentration of federal workers and craft breweries, where our kind of mission kind of meets. So it's uh, it's oh, gonna be so awesome. Smart. Yeah, but it's really gonna smart. it's gonna take a few days. It's just me and Al Goldberg working overtime on top of working overtime. <laughs> and so we are trying our best to answer our emails and and reach out to people that have been so kind to reach out to us. And but it's it's um like I said it's been a, it's been a happy monsoon. It's just um you know we've been really appreciative of people being so supportive of it so it's been awesome.
3: payitforload.com. Pay uh, 7 uh 750
8: for yeah. one beer. That's so, right. One it, locally made craft brew from it, here in DC.
3: If you're if you're listening right now and you're in Chicago, I know we're on WCPT in Chicago <laughs> or in Indiana or anything like that, you want to help out some federal employees, go to payitforload.com. Buy them a beer. 750. What? Exactly. One beer. Buy him a couple if you have the money, but if you if got if, if you got 50
8: spare, buy one beer for a federal employee. That would be awesome. Yeah, it would, it would be, be totally awesome. We'd really, really appreciate it, and more to the point, the person who's receiving it would really appreciate it. It'd make their Friday. It's, it's so interesting
3: to me that during this government shutdown, there's been so much generosity from outside the government. We talk yeah. about an actual,
8: real-life superhero, Jose Andres. Uh, dude, yeah. that guy is gold. He he gets my love forever. Forever and ever. Forever, and ever, ever and ever and ever and yeah. ever. And yeah. ever. I Jose mean, for president. Yeah. Jose for the Nobel Prize. Oh, By the way. I'm all for it. Jose
7: 2020 is what By I the
8: mean. way. Hey, dude, he'd get my vote before he even, you know. I'd vote for him. Jose Andres in a in a, in a <gasps> quick <sighs> second. Yeah, yeah. And you know the food at the White House would be so good. <laughs> Everyone would be what like, I don't want to go on the tour just for the tour. I want to go for the food. Yeah, exactly. You know? Mini
7: Bar was our number one restaurant in D.C. As announced this morning. <laughs> hey, <laughs> <laughs> not, you know,
8: it's Way safe. to circle it
3: up. Plug. Yeah, all
7: I'm saying is that you know, he, he's over there and World Central Kitchen is now going international. You
8: can read the full list. <laughs> so Washingtonian.com. That's Washingtonian.com. Yeah. Washingtonian.com. No. And, Washingtonian and I should <laughs> note that I am a contributor. Oh,
1: that's right. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, duh. Of course. Yeah. Okay.
8: To be totally open. Yeah. Love Washingtonian, though.
3: Um. So anyway, you know, we, they, they've relied on these organizations from outside the government to help yep. them. And, and and the thing about the Jose Andres thing that's so amazing is it's not just if you're a federal employee, you could walk in and get a hot meal. Right. You can walk in and you can, like, take food away to feed know, your family. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. The it's, cost. Oh, dude. And the generosity of of of, uh,
8: of people in this country is amazing. Yeah. yeah. No, people have really stepped up in so many different ways, you know diaper banks, food, you know, just giving people gift certificates. You know, like I had a friend who posted on Facebook that he bought a whole bunch of $10 gift certificates to Starbucks. And when he traveled, he gave them to the TSA agents, Mm. which apparently was, you know, it might be a little fudgy, but, you know, to be honest, they were so appreciative of it. And the manager on duty or director or supervisor on duty was just like, it's only 10 bucks. It's cool. Let it go. Yeah. And, you know, people are just trying to do what they can to be helpful because they feel... Hopeless in a way, or they feel like helpless in a way. Look, so it's nice. Look,
3: if you're a TSA agent and someone hands you a gift card, you have my permission <laughs> to take it. Yeah, for whatever that's do. worth.
8: Yeah. Okay, take the gift card. Yeah. Okay, take the gift. card. This is not a matter of national security.
3: Uh, and, and again, you your story that we were talking about uh, in the last segment. There, there is a group uh, to help give feminine products to yeah. furloughed workers. Oh, it's like smart. it's
7: across
3: every single spectrum here. Yeah, feminine hygiene
7: and and bras and people from um, the NSA, people from the FBI. You know, there are women who just kind of want to feel like they have a little bit of dignity just because, like, there are things that, you, know, you don't stop getting your period when the government shut down Right, know? Wait.
8: wait wait yeah. what
7: <laughs> yeah the moon I don't understand. it all works with the moon I don't understand we, do how some, that works. we do some witchcraft with <laughs> the clouds. Oh, yeah. this is yeah. news to
8: a lot of republicans <laughs> by yeah. the way yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
7: i think there's lots of uh, bipartisan confusion on this one yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say yeah fair um, okay fair, uh, enough. Fair, yeah. Enough. fair
8: fine fine fair
7: when uh, i'm right i try to be right but <laughs> you know it, it's just it's really nice to see kind of like uh, inherent goodness the, the charity yeah. is called uh, non it's called I Support the Girls um, nice. and you know, there there are people from the TSA and people work in the Bureau of Prisons who are writing into the charity saying hey I just need like a box of tampons for my family because it's like either we go and get food or we, like, don't feel like we can like live like a human person. Yeah. Well, first of all,
3: shut down or no shutdown, those should be available to workers inside your workplace well, no absolutely. matter what. Absolutely, no 120%. matter what. Absolutely, yeah. shut down or no shutdown. I'm losing my, yeah.
7: my headphones here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just you're really just gonna hear me
3: yelling and staring yeah. at Yeah, her. I can just throw it out it. at it's this. Point. <laughs>
7: um, you know, so and you know, there's a woman who went outside of World Central Kitchen, you know, Jose Andre's shutdown kitchen, and withdrew $700 from her bank account and just handed it out. Thanks for
8: making me cry. No. Like, I'm, I'm drinking well, I mean, beer and crying uh, yeah. on a Friday. Well, it's me every well, other day. this is just day. a usual yeah. Friday morning, yeah. and getting hammered yeah. and, and crying. I cry <laughs> way too much, way way more oh. often than is appropriate for a man my size. Wow, I really hope no one from my son's school is listening <laughs> to this. Yeah. He seemed like such a nice guy in the hallways. Yeah. You know? <laughs> hey, Dad
7: shrunk at nine. He won't yeah. stop crying. Yeah, I know I know.
3: I
8: yeah, I'm going to get sent to the the principal's office. You, you know? know, but speaking speaking, I just have to tell this
3: quick story, because when I host, the last time I hosted the show, I, I I let my beard get completely out of control, right? Like, my beard got very long. And my son, my 14-year-old, who's 14, right? Like So it's like everything's very weird now. Mm-hmm. And he came to me, and he was very sweet and polite, and he goes, hey, uh... How long do you let your beard grow oh and I was like uh, I don't know I'm just kind of letting it happen right now I'm just having an existential moment I'm just letting it just uh, this might be a midlife crisis we'll see but <laughs> I was like yeah I'm just gonna let it go and he goes well here's the thing my buddy was at the grocery store and he saw you and he said your dad looks like Kind of hopeless. No,
8: I knew where that oh, was
3: going. No. And I was like, okay, I'll trim the beard. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
7: I believe the children are the future.
8: So yeah. Yeah. I trust yeah. the children. Trust the kids. I, I, I had to. Yeah. yeah. I, I had no
7: other choice.
3: I had to trim my beard.
8: Oh. So And did he give you props for it? He did. He, yeah, he absolutely did. did.
3: Uh okay, well we're we just about out of time, but I just I, I can't say this enough. That's No matter where you're listening, no matter where you are, you can buy at least one beer, more if you've got the money, Please to do. help a federal employee out there uh, who could just use... Use a beer. little liquid therapy. Yeah, exactly. I'm all for it. Nevin Martell, thank you so much for what you're doing. You and Al Goldberg uh, for putting this together. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, We appreciate it, Peter. Brittany Shepard from Washingtonian, thank you so much for joining us for the hour.
7: Thank you. It was a pleasure to be on.
3: Uh, Follow Brittany on Twitter at BLR Shepard and follow Nevin on Twitter at Nevin Martell. Thank you so much.
2: Have a great weekend. Cheers, everybody. This is the Bill Press Show.